You are listening to The Shredcast. No tendies, baby. Yeah. It's the health code for snowboarders. Let's send it. Welcome back to The Shredcast, everyone. Today we have Kim Pierce, who is a licensed dietitian, nutri- nutritionist, and a registered dietitian, dietitian, and an avid hiker, skier, snowboarder, cyclist, and ice hockey player. And she loves the outdoors. So if you don't know her, her Instagram handle is the Outdoor Dietitian. So clearly that plays a huge role into what she does. And her main thing is helping adventure athletes fuel their life and their sport. She has a passion for inspiring healthy lifestyle through nutrition and promoting outdoor sports and activities. So welcome to the Shredcast, Kim. So happy to have you. you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, I really just want to jump into like what made you want to start getting into this like obviously the outdoor field is huge but at the same time the niche of it's kind of small so what made you want to uh, go into that I have my entire life has been spent outdoors if I had my choice so um, there's always been a passion there for sports I've been playing ice hockey for almost 30 years now so nothing is better than like having an outdoor skate so there's a lot to do with that but I'm like I said, I love hiking and all those um, parts. Uh, part of it, though, I, I being a diabetes educator, I was participating in Tour de Cure a few years ago, and I loved it. And I we were supposed to do 50 miles. I think we ended up doing like 40 because my friend of the time kind of got us off course. But I realized how difficult it could be if you like I knew what I was supposed to be doing and, you know, implementing all that can be rather difficult so for somebody else who might not know what to do for riding all those miles or being on the slopes or whatever I it kind of pushed me in that direction so that I could help those individuals out as well because I I would say that that first one was was rough experience Um, I'm out east so it was very hot and humid, even at nine o'clock in July. So really seeing the need for proper fueling and hydration too. Yeah. So you were a a diabetes educator first, or did you go to school for like nutrition? Like how was that intertwined and how did like the diabetes education come into that? Yeah. So I, I was a dietitian first, actually to be a diabetes educator, you have to be um, practicing either as like a nurse, a dietitian, pharmacist, and I'm assuming a doctor too, but those are the ones who typically get this certification um, for at least two years. So I've been a dietitian for over 12 years now and a diabetes educator, I think for seven. So um, a previous job had asked me to get that certification. And uh, so it kind of went that direction, but it's actually really interesting. And obviously a lot of people who are in sports may have diabetes or a sport may, or having that diagnosis may lead them into a sport. So it's yeah. definitely been very helpful. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I personally don't have diabetes, but someone close to my family does. So I do know that it does like affect athletics or even just like a general workout, like your blood sugar can drop super fast and it's super hard to get control of that. So I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that deal with that. Would you want to just kind of touch briefly on how you can deal with like high impact sports if you do have diabetes or someone you know has diabetes? Yeah, and I think it does play a big difference from between type one diabetes, which you are you have to be on insulin, you know, I 
it's much easier for those individuals to have like the um, continuous glucose monitor, we call those CGMs, or and a pump associated with that so we can get that data in real time. Um, definitely eating consistently, which is important for everyone, but definitely those with diabetes, even more important because we don't want to risk having a low blood sugar. Um, type 2 is still, is still something to be very careful about, but depending on the person, if they are on insulin or not, it's a little, it's not not to say it's not serious, but you may be able to do things a little bit easier than those who are like having that insulin on board 24 seven and, you know, really checking between their blood sugars as well as ketone levels in relation to a sport. So, um, definitely lots of things for them to think about, uh, with everybody. I just want to make sure they're fueling consistently throughout the day, whether that be in regards to like meals and snacks uh, bringing items with you. I have too many friends who will just go out on the slopes for a day and not eat. And of course, we need everyone to be eating. <laughs> However, if you have diabetes, I really need you to be eating. So a lot <laughs> of different things to keep into consideration that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The pocket snacks are key. Mm -hmm. I am 100% guilty of going full days without eating or drinking. It is <laughs> not my greatest trait, but <laughs> I do know that uh, there are so many ways around it and there are really easy things that you can be doing to take into consideration when you're going on the hill because yeah, it is high impact, whether you're just riding down groomers or you are hiking up the mountain to get down, like you're exerting a lot of energy, you're getting dehydrated and that's going to take a toll on you and it's going to lead to that like intense crash afterwards. Oh yeah, of course. And you know, the typical I see with depends on the person but my friends will go out all day and then like obviously you're slamming food after because you're hungry um sometimes alcohol is associated with that uh which can be it's unfortunately not a very good way of uh, rehydrating or refueling but I know that's a part of the sport so um those with diabetes though we do want you being more cautious there's a whole nother line of concern with that but um you know, there's a lot we can do during that time, like during your the whole day to leading up to those times so that you can be refueling. Um, and then, you know, when we're exercising, we're breaking down our muscles. So what we eat afterwards matters. I mean, obviously you can still go out and have a nice time and things like that, but we want to make sure we're intaking enough carbs and protein and micronutrients to rebuild all, all those muscles that we were breaking down during that our time. So really important things. Yeah, definitely. And I know just from stuff that I've learned, like slow release carbs versus like fast release carbs. Do you want to kind of touch on those and when each one is beneficial? Sure, definitely. So on a day-to-day -day basis, like when you're not about to do an exercise, the slower release carbs, we look at as like higher fiber carbohydrates. So those are going to be like all your whole grains, your fruits, vegetables. Uh, they take longer to digest, which if you are about to go out for a sport, that's not going to be good because you may have some GI discomfort there. But on a day-to-day -day basis, those foods are really important. Uh, one, to manage blood sugars. That's important for everyone, even without diabetes. We do talk a lot about managing blood sugars. But on top of that, we have a whole microbiome, and that's what keeps our bodies healthy. So if you're looking to have a good, strong body to continue to be able to do your sport or improve in your sport, that's going to be important too. 
And then we have the quick acting, fast acting carbs, which we would use on the day of, like while you're either on the mountain or in your sport. Um, we don't want you having GI side effects. You don't want to be on the top of something and then need to run to the bathroom. Not a good time. So um, quick acting things would be uh, some people use juice. Uh, there's so many sports gels, chews out there. Um, my personal favorite is actually, I, they, I call it, they were calling it a chairlift potato. I have a little potato in a baggie that I throw in my jacket. <laughs> and depending on how long we're going to be out, I may take a couple with me. Um, sometimes those sports. Just like a whole potato, like a full, yep. just <laughs> like you just like microwave it the night before. Uh-huh. Yep. So basically <laughs> microwave it about three, you know, wash it off real well, microwave it. I love throwing them in coffee mugs. It cooks them up so quickly. Oh so depending God. on your coffee mug, it's like three minutes, um, throw it in the, in a baggie, you know, obviously cool it off a little bit. You can actually throw some salt on it. So potatoes are actually the highest potassium food we have. Uh, they get a really bad rap in like the diet culture world. So great food to have because we need electrolytes, especially if we're sweating. Um, and then throw a little bit of salt on top. And that, so great way of getting electrolytes in with some carb. And it's, you know, after a while of eating sports gels and shoes, they can be really sweet. So it's a nice way to just like not have an overabundance of just that sugary taste, you know, throughout the That's day. That's hilarious. I love that. I'm going to start bringing ch- uh, chairlift uh, potatoes with me. That's, yeah. that's like a way to make friends. Like you like get into the uh-huh. gondola and you just like pull out a potato. I love it. <laughs> yeah. My friends actually termed it because they're like, you have a potato, don't you? I'm like, of course. Like, how do I not have a potato? <laughs> Plenty of other That's snacks, so but that is going to be with me. <laughs> okay. So I have a business idea for you. You're going to pop up like a little tent at the bottom of the parking lot and you're going to sell chairlift potatoes. That's a great idea. I, I definitely like, have to do it'll, that. First of all, it'll go viral. <laughs> yeah, that is <laughs> for sure. Second, like that's just amazing and then you promote the nutritional side effects of it and there you go (laughs) maybe I'll finally be able to get potatoes back on like the scene because so many people are scared to eat them and it's unfortunate because they're like as long as we're not deep frying them which I mean it's not to say you can't have that but you just don't want that on the day of (laughs) your sport um they're so healthy so much nutrients in them so that's hilarious I love that yeah I love that idea though I'll have to do that (laughs) like a little chairlift potato sign <laughs> yeah I'll have to put so, that as my new IG thing like chairlift oh yeah. potato 100 make a video on it it's going viral guaranteed I'll take yeah. royalties <laughs> <laughs> for sure but um so kind of backtracking a little bit you mentioned like your ride that you went on and that kind of like brought you into the whole like outdoor nutrition thing what would you say is like kind of your personal journey that like shaped your approach to nutrition and outdoor activities um so being an ice hockey player like you you kind of learn the hard way growing up we didn't really have a whole lot of like well we didn't have any dietitians (laughs) apparently dietitians (laughs) weren't even really like in until like 2017 which I graduated way before that so um learning the hard way that way I have my own like GI issues. So learning a lot that way to make sure person one can tolerate their food. And if you can't tolerate it, what's like, whatever we tell you isn't going to matter. So that's a big part of that. Um, 
my personal philosophy with nutrition, because there's so much fad diet stuff out there is that nutrition shouldn't be doing you harm. Like we want to be elevating you by having a good nutrition and diet plan. Um, I don't even really like using the word diet, but that's kind of what it is in the end. It's a plan. So putting all those things together to make sure that a person is really fueled throughout their day. Cause I have so many athletes who don't feel like they don't eat lunch. They don't eat meals and then expect to do really well in their sport, which is going to be really hard to do if you, if your body doesn't have what it needs just to do day-to-day activities. So taking all of that into consideration, I talk a lot nowadays too about nutrition we think in terms of calories and proteins and macros and all those things, but there's so much more to making sure that your body is well nourished. And that's, so I really focus on those aspects. Um, Definitely evolved over the years. Um, It's what it is now, but really like, I guess I would say more than anything, it's more of like a holistic approach to really make sure an athlete is well fueled. Okay. Yeah, no, I love that. What would you say are, um, I guess like tips for people that find themselves not really eating full meals or not being able to stay like fueling themselves through the whole day. Cause like obviously life gets busy or sometimes you just don't even know how to cook or what you should be cooking. So do you kind of want to talk about that? Cause I mean, I know I have issues with that. <laughs> yeah, totally. And personally from being a dietitian, I didn't like a lot of dietitians came in with like loving to cook my my undergrad was actually in broadcast meteorology. I came about this in a whole different way. So I don't really like cooking, but I do like eating. And so that makes me want to (laughs) at least put something halfway decent together. Um, There are main thing we always want to focus on is getting some type of carbon protein at a meal. We'd like to get some color on that plate with your vegetables, fruits, things like that too. But you can put that together so easy. So that's kind of where that potato actually came from. That was my go-to hockey meal. I had like potato with cheese. Um, You can always add like more protein, like hemp seeds or something like that. I like quick, easy things like throw it all in the microwave, throw some cheese in the salsa and whatever else on and be good to go type stuff. Um, You can still make, you know, get some decent foods out to eat too. So if you're running around and need a lunch and not all of us are good at packing very good or just packing lunch at all, like leftovers are nice. But if you don't have that, um, I use the plate with my athletes. So there's three different types of plates, whether you're just trying to maintain your weight, if you're actively really training and moderate and hard training plates. So when you're out, just making sure like you could go out and get like a grilled chicken sandwich or a grilled chicken wrap, or, um, you know, you could always just get steak, baked potato and a veggie, you know, stuff like that, but making sure you have those components and there's so much you can do to easily get that together, whether that be at a convenience store or a restaurant or grabbing things out of your uh, fridge. Like a lot of people might have gotten into like snack plates, basically, where it's just, Obviously, you want more food on an actual meal plate, but they kind of enhance that to make it into something real quick and easy. Those bento boxes are so popular these days. You can throw so much stuff in there and just be on your way. So um, I have a lot on my website for that because that is kind of my thing of what can we do quick and easy to get you a meal, but not like taking a million hours to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. I was going to actually ask that if you had like any sort of little plan that people could go check out or just like a free resource that had ideas for stuff like that. 
Yeah, so my if you um, go to my website, I have a free snack handout on there. I just actually redid it, um, giving more examples and pictures. So a lot of those items you can actually, if you increase the portion size, can make those into meals too. So um, like yogurt with fruit and granola, like a snack, obviously we would do a smaller portion size, but you can really put a lot into there to make it a nice meal. Um, there are definitely eating out suggestions in there too. Different granola bars that are really nice, like Belvita bars. They actually, that with some fruit and adding a protein, like if you wanted peanut butter or whatever with it, um, we can make into mini meals pretty quickly. So it may not be like the best exciting thing in the world, but it'll get the job done. I mean, I don't know about you, but like Belvita is definitely my go-to like that. Mm -hmm. Like uh, this is probably controversial, but I like cottage cheese. So I'll put like That's cottage cheese with like fruit and then I'll literally like use the Belvita to like dip into it. That's a great <laughs> idea. I like that. That's perfect. Actually, you put like, like three things on that list onto there. So there's a meal for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like squish up the fruit into it and like make it taste a little bit better and then like use the Belvita. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. I'll have to try that because like every time I tell people I'm like well you know I've actually I put the Belvitas in the yogurt before because the mm. um what is it the brown sugar one's kind of like a graham cracker so yeah it can go well in, like <laughs> lime but um uh, hadn't tried cottage cheese but like you know when you're I'm talking to people you I want to give more than like two suggestions so that's a great option I love that <laughs> yeah definitely so kind of going off of that obviously like there's different intensities in different sports and you focus on kind of just the outdoor realm in general. So obviously you yourself do a lot of outdoor sports. You've mentioned you do stuff with running and cycling, ice hockey, snowboarding, skiing too. You do both. So mm -hmm. what would you say is kind of like different nu nutrition requirements or like discussing the different nutrition requirements based off of the intensity of the sport you're doing? Like for a specific competition or just like the daily driver sport just how does that kind of vary definitely I mean the main thing is the higher the intensity the more we got to fuel that whatever you're doing so I, the other big aspect too so I'm out east our elevation is not like what you ha guys have out west so there is a difference there too so it's looking at like how long because some people have been doing marathons some people are doing um, ultras there, so obviously the fueling is going to be different. What they have to carry with them is going to be different. Um, then taking into consideration where they're located um, at altitude, you're going to need more calories. You need more hydration. So making sure there's enough there too. Um, I think us out East don't realize how much extra you need, especially if you're from here trying to travel out there. So a lot of different factors that way. Um, I do have a blog for that because even knowing those things and then going out west like realizing hey I still need more water and everybody's individual that way too so yeah. um, taking into consideration their preferences but definitely I my main goal is so much of the intensity is going to increase how many calories especially carbs a lot of people we're in this like keto craze right now for the last way too long amount of time <laughs> and our body needs those carbs. So we got to like push these carbs onto people to make sure that they can get through their events. Um, depending, you know, runners can maybe burn off a little bit more fat, but some of those people are pretty lean to begin with. So there's a lot to take into consideration there to make sure that they're getting through their 
sport. Yeah. So would you just say for like the average snowboarder that's maybe riding like close to a full day, but you got like the chairlift and like you're taking a break here and there, just eating a balanced breakfast and then bringing like some pocket snacks and making sure that you're hydrating. That's like pretty much a baseline. For sure. Yeah, definitely just like get some good carbs in at breakfast. Um, you know, depending on if you're at your local place or, um, you know, you're traveling sometimes for traveling, it's just making sure like, you know, go to a bagel place, get a nice big bagel and some either cream cheese or protein on there to get you through part of your morning. Um, definitely some good pocket snacks and then bringing, I personally, I have water on me on the mountain. Um, my friends thought that was hilarious, but I get dehydrated quickly and I don't want to have to like be running in somewhere to like rehydrate all the time. So I have that with me. Yeah, definitely. I know I can't carry a backpack with me. Like I just like can't snowboard if I have something attached to me. (laughs) They have these like, actually I'm I'm sitting here because I just bought them. They have like these little tiny, um, like, I don't know, silicone water bottles that you can like throw in your pocket, but they're like not annoying because they're silicone. So Okay, definitely gonna have to get some of those because yeah, I I just suffer through dehydration. Maybe take like a parking lot break. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Especially like the school that I went to is out at seven thousand feet elevation. Like just the town is seven thousand feet. Yeah. So our mountain is like twelve thousand feet. Oh, so wow. yeah, it's it's rough out there. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And some of them are cool. Like the one I just showed you, that one I think. It goes like you can expand it to 24 ounces, but like it shrinks down. So you can really decide like what is comfortable for you. And it'll just kind of it's like a slinky, I guess you could say. Oh, that's super sick. Yeah, I'll find a few and I'll link them down below on this podcast so you guys can go find them because that's like super convenient. Cause yeah, I don't I don't vibe with riding with a backpack. Like I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I understand. It's really awkward on the lift. Yeah. Like, it's as- just not. Yeah. And I just feel like I can't like try anything. Like all of a sudden, like my skills, like I can't even like go down straight. Like yeah. so bad. I so threw like a of- camel back on when I was on like we vacationed in uh Vermont. So I like that one, like we had to take a lot with us. I couldn't like run to the car easily. So um it was not the most comfortable, but it sufficed. But yeah, I mean it's an option, but it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're like in the back country, that's one thing, but just for like yeah. the normal, the normal runs, I don't know. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Kind of on that same like hydration track, where do electrolytes fall into that and like sports drinks? And obviously you mentioned like salt on the potato, but when do people actually need to be using electrolytes? And I mean, they're kind of like hyped up right now, like with all of the big mm-hmm. brands, like Element and uh, liquid IV and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I take them here and there, but I guess I just don't fully understand when I truly need them. So do you kind sure. of want to touch on that? Yeah. So for sports nutrition purposes, anytime you're in your sport greater than an hour, it's good to have those on board. Um, it does also matter like how much are you sweating? Everybody's a little bit different with how much they sweat. Um, but I would say if you're going to be on the mountain all day, having some electrolytes is going to be a good option for you. Um, the type is going to matter though. So there's, like you said, there's a million out there right now. And a lot of 
dietitians are having like the comparisons because some of them do not have enough salt. Some of them don't have enough potassium. Like if you look at your just general like Gatorade mix, you're at least going to have some potassium and salt versus um, body armor, for example, that almost has no sodium any bit in it. So just definitely being aware and looking at those labels because a lot of these items are being um, marketed as an electrolytes option and they might not be or you're gonna have to add some serious stuff to it to make it into one and of course for most of us convenience is a huge factor so I want something that is going to just take care of my issues and not have to worry about it yeah so what would be like either a good brand or like the amount of sodium and potassium that you should be looking out for it does get the sodium gets kind of person specific because everybody sweats at different rates so and of course some of that can depend on obviously if you're on the mountain it's probably going to be colder versus other times where or we had a very warm spring here even though we did have snow so that could make a difference too um you want to there are some different guidelines like they have sweat calculators out there and things like that so people can get that individualized um i would just make sure that you are at least seeing some salts in your, uh, in the options, like your liquid IV is actually a good option. Um, there's those nun tablets, scratch labs is a good brand. Like those are going to have more options in them versus, um, for example, that body armor has like 30 milligrams of sodium, which is like a drop in an ocean basically. So <laughs> gotcha. Uh, okay. That makes sense. So as so long it's as, kind of, yeah, it's kind of based more on how much you sweat than like how like what you feel like your energy exertion is right so energy is going to be more your carb specific which some of those do incorporate carbs into them uh, carbs actually do help us to hydrate um but if you're just looking at the electrolytes it's going to be more on your your sweat rate than anything else gotcha gotcha so then kind of on a similar topic how does nutrition play into recovery like whether it's just like an average day on the mountain or like someone that's avidly competing like how how should you be feeling for recovery yeah definitely important so after your day main thing is we want you to have a really good solid meal and of course the day after is going to matter too so we want carbs and protein on that plate if you can add some color with some veggies or fruit or something that's going to be really important too but definitely getting a good solid meal. If I know the haters are out there because every time I talk about alcohol, I know it's kind of rough, but if we can get a good meal before you start drinking, that would be even better. Um, <laughs> just because alcohol gets metabolized first. So we're missing out a lot of time on re- like refueling basically at that point. Um, but there's so much you can do at either if you're going out to eat at a resort or just going home to have a good meal. The main thing is get that meal in. Um, there are different recovery options out there. Like a good glass of chocolate milk is going to actually give you plenty of carbon protein to start that process. Um, of course, yogurt and fruit is a really good option too. Those are some of the easiest things that are not having to take a bunch of, you know, other sports products with you, but just a good solid meal that can within a decent, like with ideally like within an hour of your sport, basically. Gotcha. So that'd be like right after, but then you mentioned the day after too. So do you kind of just stay on the same track of just like carbs and protein or is there like a specific? So it 
depending on like your intensity, we would probably be doing like a moderate or high intensity plate. So you would have um, your protein on there with those intensity plates, we increase the carbs. So depending on, it's going to be like, always get messed up with the portions but like basically you can almost have half your plate be carbs depending on how intense your training is if you know if you're really doing a lot there most people would get a little bit more veggies they probably don't need as much carbs um depending on like what your plan is because some people like if you're doing back-to-back days that could you know you're almost redoing your entire day that you just did the day before versus if you have a day in between just make sure you're feeding yourself consistently get your meals in get your snacks in Ideally for anybody, we want to be eating every three to four hours, either a meal or a snack. So it's just making sure to eat and get those that those foods in for that best recovery. Stay hydrated too. So that's gotcha. going to be important as well. Yeah, just keep eating. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's actually like, it's crazy because it's like the easiest thing, like eat food. Like I just need you to eat food. <laughs> and people are like, what? <laughs> like I should eat before I do things. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of on that though, what are like the most common misconceptions that you see of like surrounding the outdoor nutrition space or like some common common myths that you like to debunk? Because of our current keto fad or intermittent fasting is in there too. I've been just listened to some, some things on that recently. Um, main thing is I need you to eat carbs. If you're an athlete, you have to have carbs. I mean, really for humans, you have to have carbs because your brain runs off of glucose. But if you're an athlete, you're going to be breaking down your, you're breaking down your glycogen stores we got to refuel those to make sure you can build up your muscle again. You have to have enough carbs to, so that the protein is going to building up your muscle and not going to energy. It's just part of how the metabolism works. So um, just making sure to, to avoid fad diets, I think is the easiest way to say that. Um, Cause there's unfortunately too much bad information out there. Um, there is a study because the hockey players absolutely love it of like beer being able to like rehydrate you, which is not as dehydrating you. So making sure you're actually eating real food, that study is, I don't even know if it's true, but just if it's even out there really, because you know, the they, people who like to drink want to have that, but. Um, well, I mean, it's bread, right? So it's food. Duh. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Like we got some mold or wheat in there, so <laughs> yeah. So I guess like the hardest part with good nutrition is it's not sexy. So everybody wants to find that quick and easy thing, that magic pill that's going to get them to where they want to be, and it's really doing the basics as consistent as possible. Obviously, life is happening too. Um, which is why it can be good to work with a dietitian. We can get you kind of through those hard times, you know, if other stuff is happening. Um, but just don't do stupid stuff. Like just do the, do what you need <laughs> to do. And like, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Like I work a lot with my clients on like marketing is a lie. <laughs> and like, I even just, I had a uh, medical student actually following me recently and he was asking about like green powders and he's like, well, this one seems really legit. And I'm like, it's just marketing. Like they have this all supplements aren't like regulated by the FDA. And then he like sat there and looked it up and found out like how many lawsuits were against them. So like, keep your body safe, know what you're putting into it, 
we don't have to like go crazy knowing what we're putting into it, but just basic food items are going to get you there. Yeah, definitely. So then what would you say is kind of like, because I, I guess you work with athletes. So when you work with nutrition, you're basically doing it on performance level, right? Mm-hmm. So like what you're focusing on is the performance of athletes. So I have a lot of people coming to me saying like, oh, I need a meal plan. Like, tell me exactly what I need to eat to like get through like my training program or just snowboarding. And obviously I'm non-nutritionist, so I send them to people like you, but (laughs) (laughs) what, uh, what would you like give them just like basic advice of like, I need a meal plan. Like obviously don't come up with a meal plan right now, but (laughs) like, what would you tell them in that case? I always send them you can actually just Google athletes plate and there's a really nice, I think Colorado state comes up with one. Um, I do have one on my website too, of most sports dietitians use that. It's really your best option. Cause one, you want a lot of diversity in your food items. It's corny, but truly like eat the rainbow and not the Skittles rainbow. Um, we want that plant diversity to get you all your different vitamins, nutrients, phytochemicals, minerals, all those different things. So I, I do, like, on, when I work with clients, I have like sample meal plans um, just to kind of give them an idea of like how much food a lot of times I'm actually looking at them to have. Like we're not actually looking at restriction. It's like, I actually need you to eat this much food. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. Um, Unfortunately, I feel like there's so much of this thought process of restriction because that that's just like this diet culture stuff. So that is unfortunately way too driven into our brains. So it's actually making sure they're eating enough, but utilizing that plate is a great starting point because it really lets you decide based on your personal preferences, because that's going to be important too. Like if you, I could give you a meal plan, but if you don't want to have to cook it or you hate all the food, it's, it's useless. So that plate really allows you to be able to just choose what protein, what carbs, what veggies I want on that plate and bam, we're done. Like you can really even think about that when you're at the grocery store, like do I have carbs, protein, veggies for the, until the next time I can get back here? Good. We're good to go. So making it as simple as possible too, because there's really nothing fancy. Um, I know a lot of us just don't want to have to think about it, but if there's favorite foods you have, get like, ask people like, Hey, if you can get like five or six, 10 veggies that you like, and then let's throw some carbs and protein on here, we're going to be fine. Yeah. How would you kind of spice it up? Because I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to be the bodybuilder that eats chicken, rice, and broccoli every day. <laughs> right. Totally. And I don't want you to be that person either because, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know how they... I can eat the same food relatively often, but not that often. So right now we're in summer. It is a wonderful time to hit up your farmer's markets and there is so much variety out there. So try something new, especially right now could be a really nice option. It's going to be local. It's fresh. That's a huge part of this too, especially if you're somebody who doesn't like having vegetables on your plate, like let's try it while they're fresh and not being shipped in from God knows where. Um, and if you're open to trying new foods, that's a great thing too. Obviously, we talked about potatoes, great side dish, um, <laughs> but there's sweet potatoes and all types of different grain products out there between pastas. You mentioned rice. Um, there's barley and bulgur and depends on how quinoa. Quinoa is an easier one, I think, to find and make relatively quickly, like some of those other things. So um, 
we got all types of protein, chicken, turkey, fish, beef, pork. Some people do game meat. So, you know, having those different items so that you don't get bored using spices and herbs uh, right now, fresh herbs are a great option too, um, just to add life to that plate. So for example, like today I made some pasta. I just threw some cheese in there with like just fresh tomatoes, basil, and I had like some chicken on the side. You can always add more veggies to that too. So adding like, you don't, even though we talk about that plate and it's kind of like a sterile plate, you, you're still fine to mix your food together. Like, you know, have a chipotle bowl or something like that. Um, It's just in your mind when you're looking at it, like I, I need enough carbs and protein and some color on that plate to make it work. Yeah. Definitely. And seasoning is like a huge thing. Like, I don't yes. know if you guys have a Trader Joe's out there, but Trader Joe's mm-hmm. has like the coolest seasonings. Like just go yes. there and like swipe a few off the counter and then just like dump that in with all of your food. And I swear it'll come out good. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. There's, and there's so many good seasonings. Like don't be scared to try them. Um, and so many of them too have like health benefits like because like I mentioned with the supplements, um, because supplements are not regulated by the FDA, unless they're third party tested, like we don't know what's in them, but so many of those herbs and seasonings have really good like benefits for inflammation or whatever. So like people always laugh, I'll add like turmeric and cumin and um, sometimes it's like with cottage cheese on my potato and it like turns it like neon orange, but like perfectly healthy, (laughs) tastes really good. You can throw some pepper or whatever else you enjoy. I mean, there's just so many options um you know play around with cinnamon and nutmeg like I nutmeg my mom like I make this I don't really measure stuff out I just throw stuff in and she's like what did you even put in here and it's just like stuff like I guess you wouldn't normally think of but like just be willing to try those different things because they can still offer you a lot of nutritional benefit you know what's in them because you have the bottle in front of you so you know it's real and it just can one liven up your plate as well as give you a lot of good nutritional benefit too yeah that's super cool I actually didn't even really think about it like that before so I guess kind of just to top it off what like would you want to share a success story of one of your um, athletes who you started working with they started feeling proper fueling properly and a really cool outcome came out of it yeah so I have um it was one of my runners and actually like so they were just trying to like prepare for a marathon as you said like life is always happening so like obviously we have to like fuel your days <laughs> and like I would say lunch is typically the thing where we got to get people having that but then there's also strategy behind your um whatever like your run so for this person at that time they were um just trying to do a marathon um they're crushing it they're actually doing ultras now like that's their goal so uh, that's crazy he's, you know, he's just been real happy about like taking all those principles that we went with for that marathon and now being able to apply all of those for, um, his ultra, uh, he has a family. So like the family has been able to utilize these things too. And, um, they had had a baby. So the wife was actually, I mean, obviously there's a lot that happens when you have a baby. So not telling everybody to like be able to run out and like do your sport right after that because obviously you need to be safe check with your doctor all those things but she was able to continue with a lot of those things too to get back into her sport as quickly as possible as well so um a lot of good stories that way um 
And I think the biggest thing is just make sure you're fueling enough. Cause that with the trend I see in my athletes is we got to get enough food and how do we strategically do that throughout your day to make it so that you can have your meals and then fuel your sport and then you're good to go really. Yeah. Especially if you're extremely active, like if what you're doing mm-hmm. all the time is like crazy long distance runs or you're riding the entire day or whatever it might be like that's a lot of calorie exertion and you have to fill that back up very much so very much so yeah well kind of just to wrap it up I have a little segment that I call ride or die questions so these are just like specific to you and however you want to answer them but do you prefer freestyle or alpine um alpine for now I need to uh I need to improve on my personal skills. <laughs> <laughs> Always improving the freestyle. It's intimidating and hard. Yes. Thanks for, yeah. Uh, what's the favorite place you've ever uh, snowboarded or skied? I got to go to Okomo and I guess part of it is because I am trying to improve, but that, I guess it's Okimo. I probably said that wrong. Uh, really enjoyed that. So I haven't really made it out West yet, but um, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that resort. Come. <laughs> yes my goal is to like I'm gonna get more lessons this year hopefully hit the slopes better so that I can start like getting out the west because I I've just heard amazing stories <laughs> yeah it's super cool I mean I've never been out east so I can't really compare it either but <laughs> when they talk is... about icy it's icy at least really? this past year. Yes. yeah we get icy too but I don't think I fully understand when they say it's icy on that side like I feel like I have to experience for experience it for me to like truly understand what real icy is yeah welcome to come out love the room it was um I live near seven springs so it was a very interesting moment one day of like you kind of we had some snow and then it got warm so like you went through like some powder and not the powder you guys have but we had like powder and then like a little icy and then a little slushy all in like one run. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I grew up in California and my home mountain is uh, in Arizona. So, I mean, I'm not getting like the crazy snow that like Utah and Colorado do. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what would you say is like the worst crash you've ever had? And I guess you could bring this to ice hockey too, if that's where your worst crash has been. <laughs> Oh yeah. Ice hockey could be, I've, um, in hockey, I have sprained both ankles slamming into boards and had two concussions. So those would definitely be the worst ones. That's crazy. Had like somebody like, I'm a goalie and like they landed like on the, my back of my neck and my head and that, that just wasn't good. Oh. And then the other one was, um, I was like colliding with somebody, but they decided to knee me in the head as I fell down. Oh. Yeah, that sounds aggressive, but I think that's the name of that sport. <laughs> yeah, that was a little more than aggressive, but yeah. So <laughs> I'm uh, hoping I don't, cr- I'm, I'm sure I will crash really bad at some point, but so far those have been the worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've broken my collarbone snowboarding, but that's probably the worst that I've had in terms still of rough. snow sports. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I rode back down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say because uh, hockey players are definitely a different breed. Like, I guess we're the mentalities you just play hurt. So I did finish all the games. Well, the one ankle was 
roller hockey. So I guess that one I couldn't really, but I ended up like in a, um, I had a goalie camp starting like the next week. So we like figured out how to wrap my ankle so I could go to goalie camp and like, you know, enough ibuprofen or whatever to get through. <laughs> Probably don't recommend people do that, but that's just what we do. Yep. Yep. I feel that. I, if I have to stop snowboarding, I'm going to try to find another way around it, which is not, it's not the best. Go do Go see a doctor, people. <laughs> yeah. Make sure, yeah, do, do whatever you got to do either, uh, you know, PT wise, doctor, nutrition. I mean, there's, there's a lot of options out there that hopefully can keep you going. <laughs> Definitely. Do you prefer to ride with a crew or ride solo? I, I've been really enjoying riding solo. I honestly like was stupidly intimidated by that at first because um, I'd always gone with friends, but there's something very freeing about it. It's just like, and I think that's one thing I really enjoyed about like either skiing or snowboarding is like in hockey, you have a team there and depending on who you're with, you know, you're relying on other people, but when you're just like out on the slopes, it's just you and you can just, decide like how you want to ride that day and it's just really freeing that being able to do that yeah I guess you kind of just answer my next question then because it was a favorite thing about snowboarding so far it's been that I I uh this past I had kind of I had done some snowboarding skiing snowblading I heard people think that's silly now but back in the day when I was 16 it was fun um <laughs> like this past year it was almost like a drug like it just gave you that high and it is just nice to be out it's cold so it gives you something to I like obviously I like winter sports since I'm playing ice hockey but um <laughs> it it just it's just different like you're not dying in the summer heat like it's just nice to be out in nature do your own thing and get better at what you want to do too like it's just you so yeah no that's super sick I I can't ride alone. I just like can't. I don't know. I can't do it. I get so bored. But I do agree with everything you're saying. Like I I wish I could ride alone for that like sense, but I don't know. I'm going to have to try it this year. <laughs> yeah, try it. And I would say it probably like changes with age too cuz like when I was younger, I was never like we always went as a group. Granted, not looking back, not everybody was probably the most fun. I probably might have done better if I got some alone time but it it life has evolved so like being able to appreciate that at this point in life is probably different than what I would have done like even 10 years ago yeah that's fair that's fair and then last thing is like the best either snowboarding or health advice or nutrition advice that you've ever received hmm. but <laughs> one of the things when I was a goalie they always just it was I think from that movie but like you can do it like no matter what it is you can do it if you put your mind to it you can do it so like even on my bad days no matter what I'm doing I just remember him my friend or actually well he's still a friend but it was a parent too just saying like you can do it no matter what yeah no that's so true though like it's so easy to get in our heads and just quit mm -hmm. for sure and like yeah I mean so much happens in life between just, you know, mental struggles, stress, all that, along with, you know, sometimes we have an injury or whatnot, sickness, and it's like just pushing through because of, you know, to get back to what you love to do.
Yeah, definitely. Well, that's a great way to end it. So thank you for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're hilarious, by the way. I'm still thank not you. over the, the chairlift potato. That's my favorite thing that's <laughs> ever happened. So <laughs> That's awesome. It is definitely mine. I'm going to have to definitely uh, start like a little chairlift potato booth. I love that idea. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'll fly out to uh, your, you're in Pittsburgh, right? So yeah, I'm between... Um, Pittsburgh and Northeast Ohio, like Kent, Kent State area, like people usually heard of that university. So yeah. there's a couple, I'm lucky, there's a couple um, like hills out there too. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's sick. Well, just to finish it off, how can people like find you and work with you if that's something they're interested in? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm uh, outdoorsdietitian.com and outdoors dietitian on basically everything but Twitter where it's outdoorsrd, but you'll find me most on Instagram. I'm trying out threads, but definitely IG is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, threads is something else. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, one more thing I got to figure out. Like I've dabbled in everything, so I got accounts on all of them, but I would say IG is really where I'm at. And then uh, we'll see about threads. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Well, awesome. I'll have all of that linked below for everyone. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me.